1: Hello, hello, hello! I'm your Nathan's hot dog loving Fourth of July grilling hostess with the mostest, Michael Munoz, and welcome to In Your Mouth. Oh. In your mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always She'll. in the mood to lick it right, lick it good. Show oh, you how to. Oh look God, finish. that's good. I wanna know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In. Got the goosebumps. <laughs> hey there and welcome back folks. Once again, I'm your hostess with the most Ms. Munoz and oh my God, you guys. How did we get to July 1st? How is it July? I mean, I feel like we just went into quarantine yesterday. How did like five months pass us and what did we do with this time? Well, I did a whole lot of nothing but podcasting, as you probably have heard. (laughs) But Lord, where has the time gone? And I mean, summer's almost over. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Anywho, I am super excited for today's episode because y'all not ready. You all are not ready today with me on the line as it be all the way from L.A., I have my friend, Charles Chen. Say hi, Charles.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Hey.
0: lot <laughs> worse. Oh, my gosh. I know what you mean. I just, you know, we just have to pay rent again. My pocket is burning. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, Boo, you're making, you're making the money. You are doing <laughs> the thing. But oh. uh, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, and you're going to want to know, um, Charles Chen is the founder of Zeal Co. It's a wellness media company. And Charles has transformed his life because he is a weight loss success story. He's lost over 100 pounds through healthy living and now is inspiring millions um, of people to reclaim their wellness. Charles believes wellness is for all, not just for the privileged. Did you hear that? Because I love that statement. Wellness is for all, not just for the privileged. Um, And if you didn't know, Charles is a regular on, or has been a regular on Dr. Oz, The Food Network, TLC, NBC, Netflix, you know, just to drop a few names. (laughs) 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 And, um, but before we go anywhere, I wanted to wish you happy National Ginger Snap Day. Ginger
0: snap. Get, get it. I'm into yeah. it. Ginger. Uh, <laughs> what? Do you have a recipe to share?
1: No, no. I want to know <laughs> who picks these things. And I always right. ask because ginger snaps in July shouldn't be like, you know, strawberry Hot Pockets or like something more summery than ginger. Like, I feel like ginger snap day should be November, you know, 14th.
0: Yeah, I wonder who just, who registers that and, like, who 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 agreed that it was, like, you know, like, who does this? This is pretty funny. Like, who agreed that it was Ginger Snap Day?
1: Because Ginger Snaps in summer don't really go, unless we're going, unless it was Hallmark, because they're, like, Christmas in July sort of deal. I mean,
0: you know? gingers are always in season if we're talking about the same thing.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Charles, let the kids know what your Instagram is really quick.
0: Charles Chen TV across everything.
1: All right. So while you're all out there are passively listening, hit up Charles Chen TV on Instagram and just look. Slide in at- the
0: DMs, please.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. If you get somebody to slide in your DMs, Charles, you better share. Um and just and just look at the gorgeous ...ness that is Charles Aww. Chen just shirtless holding a, a bowl of kiwis or just like shirtless <laughs> at the pool um he has been doing everything everything and anything and did you know Charles that on this day in our gay history in 1975 California and Washington decriminalized private consensual adult home homosexual acts
0: what does that mean exactly meaning mean to-
1: that like gay sex is legal
0: I, love that. I, I I had a moment. I literally was like, Wait, let me put that together because I'm like, so if you're having sex and nobody knows, it's just only if someone knows, then it can be illegal because yeah. it, it was always happening underground anyways. yeah,
1: I mean, so it's still happening underground, depending on right? on where on where, <laughs> on where you <laughs> frequent, but <laughs> that's, that's, but it but, was only nineteen seventy five That wasn't that long ago.
0: Oh wow. I mean. We still have such a long way to go. I'm so proud of all the achievements. I mean, we had some backlashes and things like going backwards, but I'm just so proud of where we're heading. And visibility, podcasts like this is so important. So I'm so happy that you're doing this, Michael. Such important work. Just to share different perspectives and narratives. I'm tired of hearing the same thing over and over again. Sorry, move over. Like, we have something to say, too.
1: Yeah, um, you can say it and per each the good word, Charles. Um, are you a Charles or a Charlie? I I didn't ask.
0: I have alter egos. I mean if I
1: had- Oh, is it like Beyonce and I'm a bad gay right now? Oh, Sasha Fierce.
0: Um, I'm just kidding. Like I have friends, I have friends who only call me Charlie, and then I have friends who will not call me Charlie. So I think it's just in what sense we meet each other and how comfortable I am. But I don't get offended when people call me Chuck, Charlie. I'm, I'm for it. I'm just like, for me, it's just as long as you, you see me, that's yeah. all
1: you know that's all i care about do you, you. do you see me bitch like yeah. think, ooh i'm gonna i'm gonna call you cha cha cuz you are real funny <laughs> <laughs> love no, it but speaking about meeting i met i met you and in your mouth listeners i met charles chen at um a william sonoma demo that he was doing my friend navjit actually shout out to you navjit um Hello. was like hey i think you would uh i really want to go to this would you accompany me i think you'd enjoy this since you do all this food stuff. And and then we met, and then we became friends via the social medias, and now I can't thank you enough for being on my big gay podcast.
0: Oh my gosh, it's such a pleasure, and I'm so happy you reached out. And this is just the beginning of many collaborations. I oh
1: know. oh yes yes yes. So let's start at the beginning. What um, just like kind of what kickstarted the the journey of weight loss to now. That to now this thing that has snowballed into a wellness empire, if you will.
0: Yeah, so, okay, leading it back and connecting it back to kind of, you know, the LGBTQ, you know, community as well is that when I was growing up, I was closeted. I just moved from Taiwan. My parents are immigrants. Imagine this kid who's learning English as your second language, my parents got a divorce, I'm closeted. I didn't know where to, where I fit in. I didn't see anybody in the media like myself and I was just struggling. And the only thing I knew was oh. I'm different and I didn't know where to fit in. And the easiest thing for me to do was to reach for food because it would numb. It would give me a sense of um, a sense of control and also like, I didn't have to feel and process. And I think I subconsciously, and this is going to get deeper, Michael, like I subconsciously stuffed my face. I didn't feel and also then I would become more invisible. So nobody would ever question to see if I was gay. Like, oh, he's just a fat kid and he's not interested in girls. So let's just, you know, like put him to the side. And I think I did that because I didn't see my worth. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate with addictions and things like you just didn't want to feel.
1: Yeah, um, that's, yeah, that's, there's just so much to unpack there. Wow. Um, And I completely understand um, that kind of that perspective because I um, my weight fluctuates very very easily and I'm a stress eater at the most mm-hmm. uh, at one point at one point in my life I was so stressed out um, working as like a manager like a catering manager that yeah. I would go into the kitchen and house about like four or five slices of chocolate cake Right, just house them like swallow them whole like these large fine dining pieces of chocolate cake, right? Just because it 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 would like numb for some weird way numb the pain or not like de stress
0: yeah it yeah. all
1: but and
0: it's, it's and like, I would hide it. I would just yeah. hide
1: it. Like
0: oh, so you were okay. So you were uh, what do they call it? Like when you overeat, like you're a binge eater.
1: Yeah. Well, I was. Just- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, at, right. at that one, at that one point in time. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. So w- then what kickstarted, when did you realize that like, Hey, this isn't the life I want to lead and yeah. what, what kickstarted that weight loss?
0: So similar to you stuffing your face with chocolate cake, which, which is sick.
1: delicious. <laughs> oh
0: my God. I always think about that scene of Matilda when that kid is eating that cake made of sweat Do you remember? If you don't, you better watch the movie again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Am I a horrible gay man because I've never seen Matilda?
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay, you have to. Because so there's this cake that's made of sweat. But all I can think in my head was because there's this fat kid eating the cake. And he was forced to eat it as a punishment. Like, because you did something bad, you have to eat this cake made of sweat. And I was like, that cake looks so moist.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And whose sweat was it? Because if it was like the sweat
0: of... No, no, it's uh, not anyone hot. It was like this crazy (laughs) Dean that was like this vicious character. But um, okay, (laughs) going back, I sidetrack, I digress. But okay, so I was stuffing on my couch, just eating chocolates, you know, like any chocolates with foils. I would like, there would be a ball of foil because I was eating all these truffle chocolates and I was just sick to my stomach I was watching television one day, and at the time I was watching a lot of Food Network and Oprah. And I just remember just going through the television and I was just like, dude, like, I am only 14, 15 years old and I have no energy. All my friends are outside playing. I'm lethargic. I can't keep going on like that. And I think that was my rock bottom of like, there's gotta be a better way. Like I, you know, so then I started thinking, Okay, maybe I can start changing the things that I'm consuming. Um, maybe I can stop being the victim. I'm not a victim. And at that point, you know, I was like, poor me, you know, like I'm so, I'm not lovable, I'm not worthy. And I was going through all these narratives and I was like, you know what? I'm going to change the story. Let me take responsibility from this day and on. How can I improve my life? And I just started going to the farms market and that just started this whole new world of at 14, like, at 14 years old I know everyone's like who the fuck are you like what, what what did you like who and I was like it's those moments and we all have it we don't have it all the time but it was like those moments of clarity where it's like a light bulb switch you know Oprah calls it like an aha moment I had like a like I get whispers I don't know if you like I get whispers when I'm in my most grounded self after meditation or dance or whatever exercise, I get messages that come through. Like, you know, of like, it's it, call it your intuition, higher self, universe, whatever you believe in. It's not religious, it's just something innate. And it's like your intuition talking to you.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I can totally relate to that um, because you may not know this, that I have a large background in singing and it actually, the whispers, I've never actually thought of it like that, but yeah, that makes complete sense because I went to an all-boy Jesuit semi-military high school here in New York City. And um, I, you know, you know, kind of husky kid, uh, very emo, goth, like trying to fit in. I was trying to fit in with the misfits, and I was a misfit within the misfits, mm-hmm. um, which is which was crazy to think about. Um, and I remember sitting in church and hearing the choir and whispers. Again, it was it was the first time I can I remember in my mind differ, differentiating between four part harmony, and I could literally separate all four parts and hear them all. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I wonder if anyone else hears that. That's really well, cool. Absolutely. I want to do that.
0: Wow. And that's, that's ki- and that's kind
1: of what like snowballed into what was a very long career in like music that's at one beautiful. point. I'm yeah. so
0: glad that you listened. And I think anyone who's listening, there's a small kid or a small girl, whoever you are, you get those moments of like inspiration, right? And like, our goal is like, don't dim that, that noise, that music that is within you, let it out. Like people need to hear it. And this is what I love about, you know, the past month, gay pride. It's like, it's not about just flaunting and being in your speedos. I mean, I think that's great, but I think it's about, representation, visibility, and then just paving the path for future generations.
1: Yeah, for sure. So at 14, you decide you're going to go to the farmer's market, start cooking. When did you come out?
0: I came out to, well, you know, before you come out to other people, you got to come out to yourself.
1: Yes. Are, are, am I outing you on the pod?
0: <laughs> oh no, no, no! I can't. <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> no, um, no. I came out to myself. I think I, I officially was like accepting, and you know, I came out as bi,
1: <clears throat> like many, like many of us do.
0: Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not dissing the bi community. No, 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 no.
1: Time. It's like a stepping stone. It's I a feel stepping sometime. stone,
0: right? And I think now I identify as queer, and we can get into this later, but. Uh, I came out as bi at age 17 to myself and like my two best friends. I was like, I think, you know, I'm curious. Um, And that was like the beginning of fully accepting. And I came out then to my sister at age 19. Yeah. Uh, And my sister had a lot of gay friends that would come through the house all the time. So I knew she was an ally. So I knew I can, I can trust her. And I knew that I would be fine. I wrote her a letter. Because I didn't know, I wanted to write out everything I felt on a piece of paper. And my sister is like a boss bitch. She's three years older than me. She works in the music biz, like in hip hop, as the only like female executive on her team. Like she's just like very straight up. Yeah, shout
1: out to you, sister Chen.
0: Hey, sister. (laughs) Yeah, she's the boss. I love her. And she literally, you know, as as nineteen year old, I'm like, um, hey, can you sit down? She's like, what? Like, what do you want? I was like, can you read this? And like so, she read it, and then she was like, "Wow." She's like, "Oh, who cares?" And she opened up her her arms, and she was like, "Give me a hug." And then after she gave me a hug, she was like, "Okay, so we gotta strategize. Who do we tell first? And mom is gonna be first because she's like very like you know she's like well we're gonna talk to mom first, and then we'll slowly come out to dad. But just know that you know." I support you hundred percent, but she's like, I had no idea. Cause she's like, I have gay friends and I had no idea. And, but she's like, but she's always been very protective. When I was in high school and even when I was in middle school, when I was still overweight, we, sh- we went to the same high school and shared one year when I was a freshman, she was a senior. So anyone who had messed with me, she would hung out with all the boys and she would just be like, anyone who's giving you trouble, I will kick their ass. Like, I was like, thank you. So I'm I was protected. She was very protective.
1: I love that. I love that. I love that. And I am love that learning how how many similarities we have, like kind of crossing here in the sense of, I told my brother, I told a couple friends and then I told my brother and my brother was like, "Yeah, this is great. And can I be there when you tell mom?" Oh, I love that. I love <laughs> well, that. only cuz he knows she would freak out so she wanted to he wanted to see that reaction. <laughs> <laughs> but everything's fine, Dan. Did you
0: grow up as uh, in a Catholic household or what?
1: Yeah, Catholic yeah. Catholic Puerto Rican household, very Puerto oh. Rican and very Catholic, honey.
0: Wow. So well, I mean, we can have this conversation separate, but I, I'm just curious, and I would love to learn. Like, because you were ingrained with such religious, you know, upbringing, how did you navigate still maintaining a sense of like you can still be spiritual or still be religious or a faithful Catholic, but paving your own way?
1: I think that's a great question. Um, I think that I've never thought about, but now that I'm thinking about it. Um, I think there was so much going on around me within me and the household that I lived in that there was really no time. It was like kind of something, something else, something we did, you know, it was just like, all right, it's church. All right. It's yes. I'm in Catholic school, but like, there was just so much happening. My parents divorcing me being gay, you know, my brother's six years older than I am. So he was, you know, he was just kind of out of the house already. And like, coming in and out in that dynamic. And so it just kind of was like sprinkles on ice cream, if you will. Um, In the sense of even though the family life wasn't ice cream, you know, it was just something extra. And so although I'm more spiritual now than I think I've ever have been, I just don't ever think that played into me navigating life, you know? It, and it, it played into me coming out for sure because of everything you hear
0: yeah but, and i think i think my i think a specific question i mean is like how did you work through all the shame that was ingrained you know i know as because i've dated someone for 6 years and grew up in a catholic very catholic household went to catholic school so there's these ingrained you know Things that you were taught as like being gay is a sin, and things like this. It's like, how did you work through that to get to a comfortable place? Like, you know what? I'm a good person. Like,
1: it. You know what? I think helped is that once I went, I went to a choir college, right? The the gayest place on earth, really. (laughs) So, once I got there, it and everybody just was who they were, it, once again, was never a thought. And I've always been a, a kind of like, I don't give a fuck person the minute yeah. I kind of left. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, the, you know, the minute I came out is that, it was, that. it was like non sequitur. It was like a non, it was just not a thing, you know? I love it. I love it. And so, and, and yeah, once I like came out of the shell, it was full speed ahead. You know, but we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about you.
0: (laughs) Thank you for sharing, though, because I know a lot of people can benefit. Like if they're still on the other side and haven't come out and still trying to navigate, I think that's the question, the common thread of people like, wait, but how did you Gain yeah. this courage,
1: right? And I say that all the time on the pod, and I'm going to say it again. Today is that, especially now with everything that's happening, our stories matter. We never know who's listening. And each of our stories is so unique that I don't know if some savvy person, whether they're 90 or 16, will find the podcast and listen to this episode and relate to your story, Charles, or relate to my story. And, and grasp onto that for something better. Our stories matter. Representation matters, right? And we have been seeing you all across our television. I just want to know, how did we get from point A to point B? So, so you start cooking a lot and you start, (laughs) uh, and are you start, do you start making videos? Like, so
0: how does it start? So, okay. So after I lost all the weight, so many people, friends and family were like, how did you do it you know people thought that i got gastric bypass nothing wrong with that um i didn't do it that way i did it naturally so people just naturally started being very curious about my process so i started getting all the same questions and i was like you know what let me just start a blog cuz y'all bitches keep asking me the same questions you yeah. know it's like a q and a Q&A. FAQ right so I just started sharing on a daily basis what I was eating what I was making inspiration things like that and this was like all on like Tumblr like Tumblr days right Uh, uh, before
1: or after the porn (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh before the porn before when before when it was all pure and also blogspot like i started very early on
1: yeah i i i started mine on blogspot 2009 yeah. yeah so just started a
0: blog and like people started reading and then this is when a lot of things has have changed then the blog started getting traction and i got asked to do my first um interview like a tv appearance And I did it was like for a health kind of show. And I shared my experience. And I think afterwards, I was like, Oh, my gosh, that was so much fun. Like, if I can do that for a living, like what? That would be so crazy. I was like, I never thought I was like, I was just sharing my experiences. And then uh, a friend of mine is a chef as well. Who's at? Um, who does these like events at Whole Foods? This was before Amazon bought out Whole Foods. Whole Foods used to very much dedicate to the community and do community events. They would bring in chefs. My friend was one of those chefs, and you know he was sick one day, and he was like, Charles, I can't make it. Can you take my spot? And can you like come teach a class? I've never dealt with the public. I was like, I just have a blog. I was like, I'm just sharing recipes. But you know, you listen to the inner wisdom and I was like, say yes, even though you're scared. I said yes. That was my first time engaging with a live audience. It's like going from like typing on your computer on a blog and you never really see who's reading your shit to like seeing people benefit and get inspired. I was like, whoa, game changer. Like, I love this. There's something here. If I can do this more, I'd be happy to. So I started. The first event went really well. The Whole Foods represent, uh, representative came back to me. And was like, "Hey, that class went really well. Do you want to come back?" And I was like, "Yes." I'm still friends with her till this day. Like I, I thank her all the times. Like you gave me like my first opportunities, and I remember that right? So anyone who comes up with you, I'm, I'm big on like, take care of the people you come up with. Um, always support, you know, and treat everyone the same, like not right. just because of something that they can do for you, but I treat everyone the same. But yeah, just through that, I started doing more tours. And then I just started building a following. Then Amazon bought out Whole Foods, they stopped doing events at Whole Foods. I built up an audience, I started doing hosting events On my own outside of Whole Foods, and I called it "Party in Your Mouth," similar to this podcast "In Your Mm -hmm. Mouth." And I rented my friend's backyard. Um, My friend had a hair salon, and they had a back backyard area. And he was like, "You know, you can rent the space. You know, it's not big, but you can use it." And I remember renting it out. I still have videos. I have all these videos, like documented. The first one, I think, uh, fifteen people showed up. Is in West Hollywood, California. And then the second one, 25. Third one, 50, 60. And then next one, 100 to maxed out capacity. I couldn't fit it there anymore. Had to find another place. So it was really grassroots. And I just kept on, my goal was to cultivate community because I realized with my personal transformation, I couldn't have done it without having a support system. And I wanted other people to feel like you can engage in other people who are also on the same path as you. You don't have to do this alone. So if you were to fall off, you know, whatever you're doing, that there's other people to lift you up. Just like our now, like when you have a rough day and I talk to a friend, that I'm like, oh my God, thank you. Like, I don't know how I would have gone through this. Even COVID, all, all these things that we're navigating,
1: we're human beings. We need human connection. Yeah, um, that's, A, the story's incredible, and B, um, yes, we need human connection. I think that's what's been the hardest for many people, including Mm -hmm. myself, So that I'm so social, and I've literally seen now, most recently, I think I've seen four people, (laughs) four since March 15th, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just
0: human touch not even in like a sexual manner, but like hugs, I'm a big hugger. Mm-hmm. So to not be able to like to, you know, if I see a neighbor, like it's just weird, you know, it's a very weird time. So I think right now, like mental health is so important. And just to just acknowledge other people. If you see people just, just make an acknowledgement. It's yeah, and- it's to be seen, you know?
1: And it's hard. It's become even harder because with the masks on and yes, please wear your masks. Um, you can't fully see people's reactions or emotions. Like you, you have to like read harder, right?
0: Absolutely. And then there's a lot of fear. So like, you know, people are tense. People don't want to be close to each other. So people aren't on edge. So it's a little difficult, but yes, but speaking of the mask, I love that. I just supported this girl who's from Inglewood who makes these masks. And on the mask, she wrote a message behind every mask is a soul that needs love. And I was like, ah, so beautiful I so love like i was like, rocking it just any positive messages because people can't see if your facial react you know reactions are smiley or not so i've I just been smizing
1: uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: hi tyra
1: <laughs> As Tyra listens. Hey, Tyra! Shout out to you.
0: Hey, well, oh no, she's gonna be a fan.
1: She is a fan, honey. She <laughs> is a fan, right? Oh, yeah. I, I look at my, I look at my numbers, and I know she is one of them.
0: Hell yeah! Hell yeah!
1: <laughs> All right, I love this. I really want to. I really want to continue this conversation, but I really want also want to introduce you to my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the pod. Charles, are you ready for a little bit of? Food news update. Food. News yes, let's do it. Up. Food news, oh, honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the cheese. News update. Did you know Wisp's will pay you five thousand dollars in money and gifts to be its next CEO, Cheese Executive Officer? Wait, who
0: is is offering Wisps, this much money?
1: Wisp's. What is that? It's a cheese snack, apparently. Okay. So so this is uh, according to delish.com. This cheesy snack company recently posted this job listing saying that they're looking for their next big cheese for their executive board. As their next CEO, you'll have access to perks like a monthly shipment of Wisps, Cheese crisps, quarterly shipments of cheese from artisan cheesemakers, training by an artisan cheese monger, and participating in new product flavor evaluations, among a ton of other things. For all your hard work, you'll get a five thousand dollar reward, including two thousand dollars cash to attend the World Cheese Championship in twenty twenty two, and a fifteen hundred dollars stipend, along with other gifts.
0: Oh my gosh! I right. <laughs> I mean, everyone loves cheese. Like if you're getting free cheese every day, I don't know. I don't know how I can maintain my figure with all that cheese. That's- I mean,
1: I, I don't do well with the lactose, but I'm about to apply because I've discovered these, lact- these natural lactose digestives. Lactate? No, it- not lactate. No, ma'am. Like they're just like these lactose digestive enzymes.
0: Okay. All I, natural here. Because I'm Asian. So like, you know, a lot of Asian people don't do well with, like, dairy, but I can do cheese. But when it comes to, like, ice creams, if I eat too much, girl... Yeah. Um... No, no, nope, no,
1: nope, <laughs> nobody's bottoming that game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I I don't know about you, Charles, but I am here... To be the next um, cheese executive officer, I would take Uh-oh. it. If, I would take it if they offered it to me.
0: Get it, girl. Get get that cheese.
1: <laughs> Nathan's hot dog eating contest will look different this year, but Joey Chestnut still wants to set a record. Do you do you like hot dogs first and foremost? <laughs> uh, i wasn't even i wasn't okay okay <laughs> uh, yes they swing
0: that way but hot dogs it depends what type of hot dogs
1: well it's a nathan's it's like
0: new york is, at okay is nathan's equivalent because i grew up in la is like mm-hmm. the pinks hot dogs pink's? pinks like pink Oh, oh, Pink, that's- I think it's equivalent because Pink's is like the famous hot dog. If you come to LA, you have to eat it. There's always a long ass line and celebrities love it. So I think Pink is probably like the Nathans. Kind of yeah, like so- out to, you know, um, Shake Shack.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, every year Nathans throws their hot, uh, it's world famous for years now, their hot dog eating contest. And this guy has won, Uh, He's a 12-time Nathan's Championship uh, winner, Joey Chestnut. But this year, it's different. Because of COVID, um, they're taking the competition indoors with no audience. And so he's saying that it may possibly be easier because there's less people competing and less pressure, so he'll be able to eat more.
0: Wait, so how does that work? Did they actually send you like all the hot dogs and then they just unpack it and then get ready to eat it?
1: No, 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 no. These people will go to a, a place and I, I'm sure be a place socially distant, right? And have a judge in front of them. And then they oh. serve them, they serve them the cooked hot dogs, and then okay. they shove them down the gullet. <laughs> his <laughs> his record is 77. Oh no, wow. his current his current record is 74. Hot dogs in ten minutes. Seventy-four hot dogs in ten minutes.
0: Oh my gosh, he likes the deep throat. Yeah,
1: I, <laughs> listen, i've I've only got I've only gotten a good nine down in in ten minutes. <laughs> not.
0: Okay, <not> oh <laughs> I, I love hot dogs, but I don't know how these professional like eaters do it. I wish I know that they have to like stretch out their stomachs. They drink a lot of water at nighttime yeah. to stretch out their stomachs.
1: Is that how they do it? I know I've seen the technique where they're dipping things in water and then ingesting yeah, it. Too. Yeah, because
0: you would choke if you didn't. Um, but I just think about the toilet. That's really sad. Yeah, like, right? My arena, like, I'm sorry. Like, why? No, I can't. It's, like,
1: it's like the competitive um, hot pepper eaters, you know? Oh or God. people who do that those.
0: That can't be good for your body
1: at all. Well, where
0: do we, I mean, I'm always thinking, like, what is, like, the, what drive, like, for someone to do it? Yes, you get the title, but it's, like, you just, like, I've always wanted to eat this many hot dogs.
1: 77 hot dogs, in, or 74 hot dogs in 10 just minutes. Just
0: the claim to fame, like, having the street cred.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like the Westminster Dog Show. You don't win any money for all that primping and prawning and, and all the money you spend on a dog. What? No, it's, you win clout. No. You win clout. And okay, title. Well,
0: yeah, we know clout is like very important, even like you know, when we're watching like Pose and like the underground um LGBT world, it's like when you get crowned, you just get like a trophy, but it's like yeah. street red,
1: it's street red, and then that leads to money because then they're in magazines and then, um, if, yeah, yeah, sponsorships. And if they breed their dog, but like, I mean, this man ain't, ain't breeding, making his own line of hot dogs here, I don't know. Good for you. Good luck to you, Joey Chestnut, is all I have to say. I will I'm going to not... Google
0: him. I want to know how he looks, if he can fit all those hot dogs in his mouth.
1: <laughs> he's like a normal-looking guy. Yeah? A normal-looking guy, yes. From
0: where? Kansas? Uh,
1: no, fra- with, a name like, with a name like Joey Chestnut, he's from Brooklyn. Is he really? I would imagine. I don't know. I am just <laughs> I'm just making it up. But moving uh, moving right along, should Columbus, Ohio be renamed Flavor Town? Many Fieri fans think so. So apparently, Charles, um the mayor of Columbus, Ohio announced that he would be Removing a statue of Christopher Columbus from outside City Hall, and they're considering uh, taking down all these other Columbus statues. Well, um, the name of the town is Columbus, and now there is a petition going out uh, by Guy Fieri fans. I think like thirty-two thousand people have signed it already to name the rename Columbus, Ohio, Flavor Town because Columbus is known as a flavored crossroads where many test. Many products come out to be tested in Columbus, Ohio, which I didn't know.
0: Yeah, I had no idea. Wait, is Guy from Ohio though? Yeah, Guy Fieri oh, yeah. is from All Ohio.
1: Right. I mean, <laughs> how else do you explain the frosted tips?
0: Oh my god! And the cargo I mean, shorts. <laughs> I mean, that's like the signature. He has a signature look. Yeah. But good, good on him. I think, I think he deserves it. I think he, I think that would be fun,
1: right? I mean. I uh, I don't I don't know what to say. Yeah, sure. Should they change the name? I don't really care, you know. Um but with everything that's got going on right now, apparently I also found out um that it's really hard to like change the name of a city um on its own. Like so the ABC6 reported that Columbus City Council cannot change the city's name on its own. It actually requires an archaic sounding process that involves Twelve freeholders of the municipal corporation and an official published notice of change and so on and so forth and oh Lord, Flavortown though, are we here for it or are we not? I'm
0: I'm, I'm into it. I like it. <laughs> I think I think also because they're getting rid of like the statue of like Columbus and all the stuff. It would be cool for them to do like homage to. Well, I don't know. See, that's the thing. You can instead of doing Flavortown, it can actually pay tribute to people who are at the forefront of that movement, you know, or like yeah. who helped build the city. I think that would be a little bit more meaningful, you know, but I think, you know,
1: that I think they, they may be on the uh, on the right track by honoring yeah. somebody who does who does who does a lot for their their community, you know. Yeah, no, so they're on a good start. So,
0: yeah, when I mean, I just, and,
1: and Flavor Town was my nickname before we went into quarantine. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Got that flavor. Hello. And with that, I think there's a great way to end food news update. Oh my God. Charles, out of all the things you've done, because you've done so many TV appearances, what's mm-hmm. been your fave? Like, who's been like your fave to meet? Like, what was like your favorite moment?
0: I'll just say that this this was a funny moment, but it's the most memorable moment, but uh, (laughs) I was hosting a show for TLC in Asia and I was traveling all over my motherland. Like That was such a cool opportunity to go back to Taiwan where I grew up and to discover the food again and to discover the history of my own motherland it was like reconnecting back into my roots so it was almost like a anthony bourdain-esque um type thing where i was discovering food i was like on the streets um learning how to make recipes from just like these these grandmas who didn't speak an ounce of english and i was like just with the people and i was like this is so good and i remember because one of my co-hosts is very popular in taiwan i remember as a kid watching this show so for that opportunity to come to my hands and i remember telling myself i'm going to be on that show one day and like it it happening and like shooting that was that was probably the most special but then a funny side note is that on that same show I got seasick and I threw up three times.
1: Oh my God. Do they show it?
0: They show it. It was so funny. Like nothing was cut out. It was pretty funny, but I was on a boat. It was really rocky. I didn't realize I get seasick. I don't, I swim in the ocean. I'm always in the ocean, but this was like, it was so rocky. And when you're filming a food show, just FYI for people who don't know, you have to break for production to have lunch. And then I'm also eating again after that. So think about me eating lunch with the production crew and then I'm on the show and I'm eating again. And then I get on this boat and it's like super wobbly. And I was just like, I try to hold it and I was like, okay, I'm not letting it, I'm just letting it out. And it was like, I just projected, projected, wow. like, I was just vomited. It was pretty interesting, but you guys can catch it if you look on discovery asia and um it was like a taiwan it's called fun taiwan
1: oh i love that i love that what are uh, what's gay life like in taiwan
0: so taipei or taiwan is the first asian country to actually legalize gay marriage so they're very progressive but i was telling this to my friend not enough you know like I'm always pushing the boundaries, you know, I'm always pushing the edge. I think they're very open. And I think even my parents, when I came out to my parents, most Asian family households is like very strict, you know, like I'm an anomaly where I have parents that fully support me and what I do. Obviously, I was also like you, I was very strong headed, like I knew what I wanted to do, get out of my way. I'm going to do it. Right. My mom has always been like, I support you a hundred percent. My dad on the other side had his own ideas of what he wanted me to do, but he realized at a certain time was like, Oh, he's not going to listen. Like he's just going to do him. And when he started to see that I became more and more successful, he was like, you know what? Let me just like, let me support him. You know? And I wasn't asking, like I was I put myself through school. Like I didn't ask for money, you know? So I was just like, I'm taking care of myself. I'm good. And he was like, okay. And he started just supporting me. So, but when I came out to him, like, you know, he was like, I fully support you. I just want you to know I'm like really proud of you. And I was like, wow, that means a lot, especially from an Asian father who doesn't show his emotions.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. I love that. I love that. So what's next? What's next? I'm seeing all these red boxes behind you. Oh gosh, what is yes, next? Yeah, g- g- Give us the tea, honey. Give us the tea.
0: Well, okay. So I navigated and built like my personal brand and I realized as you're getting more coverage and exposure that again, going back to community has been always kind of my, my my ground and foundation, right? And I was like, there's so many amazing voices like you, Michael, and all my friends and colleagues and people I meet on a daily basis that are doing amazing work, but don't have a platform to share, especially in the wellness community the reason we started with like wellness for all wellness is not just for privilege. My goal is to democratize wellness, um, to create a safe place for people to share different perspectives. Cause I think at the wellness industry and the health industry, which I've been navigating is so much been talking to just the white girl and Lululemon yoga wearing, like, I'm sorry, not everyone fits that mold. We have very much different perspectives. I started a round table under zeal We started doing different perspectives. We're going to dive into LGBTQ. Um, So And
1: and different needs and different Different needs.
0: Men's health, um, you know, just so many things that we can tackle. And the box is just uh, a pivot due to COVID because we were doing uh, live festivals in LA, New York. My Party in Your Mouth event now is rebranded as Zeal Fest because I realized I want to put other people up. I want to give people a platform to share their message And the plot, the, the, Zeo Box is just to help amplify more voices, social justice component, and support small businesses.
1: So let us let the listeners know what a Zeo Box is because I know what they are because I've, yeah. I've stalked you. <laughs>
0: yeah. So Zeo Box is a monthly curated box of small businesses and all encompassing in the wellness umbrella. So we pair each box with a monthly challenge where we integrate different experts. So you can you can learn things from different experts and it's like a masterclass in a box. And they teach you how to use the product to cook with it. And if there's skincare, someone teaches you how to take care of your skin. There's seeds in there so you can learn how to garden. There's a jump ropes in the next one to show you how to do home workouts. So it's really experience in a box, experience, community, and wellness. And you're supporting a good cause, which is small businesses. And it funds the content that we're producing on Zeal.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, when I first met you, you had these um this deck of cards where they like spirit intense,
0: hustle.
1: The, uh, uh, what are they called? Spirit hustle? Yeah, they're called
0: spirit hustle. And I honestly I created them just so we're coming out with another deck for zeal now because I'm keeping everything under zeal, but that was just like a fun project. I think for any creatives out there, I'm a very creative individual, as you are, Michael you started this podcast. When you have an idea, just execute, take action, right? I literally woke up from like a meditation and I was like, I had these ideas of like, I want to create an inspiration deck of cards that inspires people and they can draw one card a day. And that's, that's the birth of Spirit Hustle. I literally stayed up all night, designed it, and I ordered it right away. When you have an idea, act on it. Do not hold back. Do not let time pass, right? I'm a big executor. If I have an idea, what's the first step I can take right now? Okay. Let's execute.
1: Yeah. That's a, I love that. I love that. So the spirit hustle cards aren't available, but maybe you'll get one in a zeal box if yes. you order, if you order. Yes. Yeah. Cause I was obsessed with those when I met you and I love
0: that. Yes. I love so I'm going to create another one for zeal and it'll be like curious questions and, um, really inspiring action because community activism and just being on the forefront of like social justice issues. I really want to ask deeper questions and like have this deck of cards be uh, something where when you're with friends, it can, it can spark more inspiration for deeper conversations and, you know, self-reflection just like, how can you show up in a world differently?
1: Yeah, this is, this is incredible. I've enjoyed this talking with you and just learning more about you and your spirit and your energy. I don't know why we haven't done this sooner, but maybe, now, but maybe now was the right time. Maybe
0: absolutely. Like, I'm somehow,
1: so somehow, the universe needed us to be right here, right now, wherever we are, personally in our lives. Because this, this has been really, really incredible, and I really want to thank you for taking time out of your very, very busy day to come play with me on my. On my podcast. Yes.
0: Hi, Tyra. You better be listening, girl. Hi, Tyra. (laughs) And RuPaul, we coming for you. (laughs) I'm kidding. We will. But you will know this podcast.
1: Yes, 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 for sure. Listen, we've already mentioned that you could find Charles uh, Chen on Instagram at Charles Chen TV, correct? Yes. And is there anything, are there any other handles, websites? Uh, let let us know. If you
0: just go there, you will be able to find out everything about my life. You can find out more about Zeal on there as well. So just go on Charles Chen, shoot yes. me a message. I respond to almost everyone. Like I'm very good about getting back to people even if it's not right away, your voice matters, and I will acknowledge. So, yeah, send me a message. I would love to say hi.
1: Awesome. And zeal, if you're if you're curious about the boxes, it's two Z's E A L. Yes. Just so you know. Oh my god, so much love to you. Thank you oh, again thank for coming you, on. This has been. Send me message. your
0: address. I want to send you a zeal box.
1: Oh my god! I feel like it's. Oh my god! It will be Christmas in July for me then. Oh. <laughs> yes, perfect timing. Oh my God, perfect time again. Thank you once again. Um, this has been really, really incredible. And folks, uh, Fourth of July is upon us. Uh, please wear your masks. Uh, put a hole in it to eat your hot dogs, I guess.
0: <laughs> 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 or other stuff. No.
1: others. Listen, the, uh, I just talked about this on the last podcast. How New York State, New York City, came out with a sexual health guide, and yeah, you're doing it. Saying, like, glory holes. <laughs>
0: Oh, are they doing glory. <laughs> we'll talk about this oh, more. My out- in your mouth
1: podcast. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Listen, that's what that's what I'm getting whispers. I'm I'm coming out with an in your mouth glory hole, like at home. Oh set. my gosh. Just Stay be tuned. safe, guys. Just be safe out there. Be safe. Wash your hands. Have some good times. Go out and get some sun, but wear your SPF. And with that, I'm gonna say thank you for listening to in your mouth.